You're riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gates. This is part two of our Megan Phillips interview. Please make sure you've listened to part one uh, because it's really, really good. Finally at school, at the IEP, we said, look, should we get him tested? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he has, you know, we're pretty sure he has autism. I'm like, well, why didn't he? I was like waiting for somebody like, shouldn't somebody tell you that? Shouldn't somebody say like, these are our concerns. We should have you tested, you know. Anyways, no. Don't get me no started on IEPs because no. that is. <laughs> I wonder if they were thinking because he already had Down syndrome, it's like, well, is that going to help anything? You know, like if it's a neurotypical yeah. kid, they're like, oh, you need to get tested. You need to get, but they're like, he's already getting special needs stuff. So why say anything? Oh, that's the is nice that? way yeah. to think of it. I was not thinking the nice way. <laughs> I was thinking of like, don't say anything because then they'll get us tested and that oh. tested alone cost us two grand. The guy yeah. was thinking the whole money thing. Mm. Yours yeah, is a lot nicer. Hopefully, that's what they were thinking. Oh, he's already getting services. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I it made me so mad, though, looking back. And even the lady that tested him, I mean, right away, she's like, yeah, he has autism. And she, when she kind of heard more of our story and even heard about that doctor, she was, like, so mad because we realized we had just spent so many years that he could have had so much help, you know. Yeah. And so um, – so yeah, it was it was actually Simeon's first birthday. That's when we had to go do the final thing, and I'm like, oh, we have a birthday party, but I need to go and get the final results. And uh-huh. um, so you know, it was really it was really hard because all this stuff that we've been fighting. Well, and you know, I should maybe I should back up a little bit. Um, you know, we came to Colorado. We were in a much healthier place, but obviously we had gone through so much. And for my husband, it was. You know, he just dove into work, but there was just still a lot of things there. And so we, we had a few years where I feel like when it was just Zadok and Malachi, we were able to get out and do things and, you know, still have a life. But as Malachi got older, um, you know, it just got a lot more intense and he got a lot more vocal, not with words, but with screaming. And, you know, we would get in the car and we stop at the red light and he starts screaming and, and it, it's a full on scream followed by him hitting his ear and scratching to the point where he's bruised and bleeding on his neck because I just stopped at the light because he wants to go, you know? And then we realized through therapy that I reinforced it because then the light turns and I go. So in his mind, he thinks that's how I get her to go. So at the uh, next light, you know, he screams, mm-hmm. but I don't go. And so he screams louder and then I go. And so he thinks next time that's what, you know, and so, we, oh, we got man. into this where we can't take him anywhere because for one, he's screaming and I think he's going to bust out my window, but it's also traumatic for, you know, there's a time when I, all the other kids would start screaming back at him and I'm telling them like, guys, we're okay. And then it finally hit me like, no, we're not okay. Like this is really traumatic for them and they don't want to hear him scream, you know? And so we just, and they get, um, they get stronger too. So what you can do exactly. with a child yeah. with down syndrome, that's malnourished at, four years old not probably not four but yeah. you know yeah. you can handle yeah. it but once they get stronger and stronger it's like you can't handle that especially in public oh yeah you know well and he he uh he does not have the build he, after having him he is so strong he does not have the build of down syndrome he is totally ripped like he's actually almost stronger than me even though it's my life goal to make sure I'm stronger than him <laughs> but he loves that, that sensory too. like he would just plank on anything, be, like for hours, because he loved that sensation. Yeah. 
And so he's in a, like a constant flex all the time. And he is so strong. It drives me crazy. And he's so stubborn. And, uh-huh. you know, so we just, we just, it got so hard. And I think, you know, this is after we had our son, Simeon. And I think a lot of people just thought, oh, you had a third kid. This is why. And Okay, and I thought that. I I'll be honest because a third kid totally... I feel like is the hardest one to adapt to. You're no longer playing one on one. He always had to play zone. It's just there's so many other little lives you have to like contend with. I don't yeah. know. I always thought. I mean, I guess Sebastian's well, an had, easy one. Well, you had twins, and then the third one, so it was kind of like your second too. That makes sense. I, and I thought it was hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're helping my point here, no. Holly. <laughs> um. Because when we had Mario and he left, I like realized, oh my goodness, two is so long. Oh yeah. And then we got Jackson yeah. again, and I was like, what <laughs> again? And then all of his needs came up, and then it's like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it's I so I think I I thought that, so I could see how everyone else would really be like, well, it's just just it takes a while to adapt to a third. Yeah. That's yeah. the hardest one to adapt to. Y- y'all will adjust. Y'all will adjust. So in reality, yeah. it's like his needs are getting harder, and what he needs mm-hmm. is getting harder from you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and you know, he's – oh, sorry. So their needs don't ever dissipate. Like, I don't feel like mm-hmm. – I don't feel like Jackson needs me less than he did the first day. It's just his difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it changes. It changes. But they're still yeah. so There's always dependent something. on you. Yeah. And and really, we found with Malachi, it was becoming in a really unhealthy way where I walk out of the room and he freaks out, you know, um, it just just that kind of stuff. And it just um, so I feel like his needs started getting more demanding. And then, you know, now he's screaming and he's throwing things like chairs and like crazy things. And and, you know, too, after having our own and our kids are just like they're the cutest, sweetest little fun things ever that we're just like. You know, we we got to a point of like, what field can we drop this kid off at? Like, see, this kid is ruining our life. You know, it's kind of like this, like yep. you know, Nate and I are just feeling this tension of like, I don't want to do this anymore. And why like, did we do? And, we effed up our exactly, life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and honestly, we lived in that for years of like, we messed up our life. Like, and that was really hard because somebody even told me that early on when I got home with Malachi. She's like. But now you've ruined your perfect little family. And I was like so mad at her. And it was like, that's the only voice I could hear in my head for so long. Is like, I ruined my perfect little family. And he feels you know, so just, incredibly guilty for thinking that because they are yeah. your son. So on that yeah. one motion, you love them. Like you love yeah. them and you want mm-hmm. everything for them and you pour everything into them. And you're doing the therapy and the resources and all that jazz. But you're but, resenting yeah. them. For but there that. is, but you build this resentment yeah. towards them of like, man, like. I, why can't you be like Zadik? And then you go, oh, oh totally. but, but Zadik doesn't have Down syndrome and Zadik and doesn't live. And trauma. And tra- yeah, like yeah. he doesn't have all these things. You live oh. from day one in me. You I, you got the nourishment in my body and then got it out of my body. Like, yes, you, you can't compare them. But at the same time, like what, what else can you do? Like, yeah, they require like so much. I keep trying to imagine because I keep hearing about these kids with Down syndrome and autism. And that just sounds. It's like the worst of both worlds. Like mm-hmm. both of them, <laughs> maybe that's not PC to say, but both of them have their pluses and minuses. And I feel yeah. like you're taking the worst parts of both when you combine them. Yeah. yeah. One is really hard. I, mm-hmm. right now, I'm like, 
almost jealous of both of you in a weird way because FASD <laughs> has like the worst of autism and Down syndrome mm. and ADHD well, yeah. and permanent brain damage. It's like, mm. oh my goodness. Because yeah. there's that piece like in my head. So uh, uh, with Down syndrome, and this is something we can talk about too, is like that innocence that you have of a child. Of like, yeah. they're always like, you see a Down syndrome that's like 48 years old and you're like, oh my gosh, they're still so cute. Well, they laugh they're always hard. so totally. sweet. It's like yeah. they don't yes. have discipline issues. They're just sweet. They just aren't as smart. You know, it's like, but they're mm-hmm. so sweet, sweet. And, and, and everybody loves them. But then you add in the like. Autism and that's probably some the of the social things. Stuff and the discipline, yeah. And then, then yeah, the trauma. The trauma yeah. alone is nearly yeah. impossible. Like I, totally. like. The reason I, I can under, I, you say the story from an outside person not being in the car with the screaming kid. And I'm like, well, of course, like they don't like yeah. being out. This is a coley environment. Even if it's been four years, a sensory, this and this and this, like I go to that part of it. But then you think these other two kids are listening to this screaming that's intense and scary. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. they wanted to do is stop. And then you feel guilty for those kids because you're like, why did I do this to them? Exactly. Like, I think that all the totally. time with the girls, like, why did I put them into this situation they didn't ask for this mm-hmm. additional trauma from jackson mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and then you feel guilty for that because you obviously want to love jackson well for me yeah. jackson for you malachi you yeah. know like there's all these emotions that are just there's so many and mm-hmm. yet you have to feed all of them and bathe all of them and take them to therapy and try to advocate them for an iep and, and try to have to uh, yeah. for yourself so you don't go insane, insane. So and then, then husband husband the where are you husband <laughs> like where does that fit in Oh my goodness. Okay. Totally. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot. And, um, a lot. Oh. Yep. I would say that there's a lot, definitely of, a lot. There's a lot of different trails I could go on right now, but, um, and I, you know, it's funny with Malachi cause when you look at him, you know, he has down syndrome. He's so cute. He's a really cute little boy, but that's it. Like, I don't feel like we got anything else with down syndrome except for that cute little face. Everything else, all I can see now is the autism. I'm like, I don't even and, you know, we've gone to, like, Down syndrome things here, and I'm like, we don't, we don't fit in. Like, we don't, yeah. it's like, really? you know, because um, he's just, you don't see that. I don't, I don't know. So, um, so anyways, I just feel like we had this season, I don't feel like, we had a season that was just really hard. And I am a very um, positive person, but I feel like I have met my match with autism. I mean, there, especially at the end of the summer, I started realizing, come August, I would get depressed. I've never been depressed in my whole life, but I, it was just, it's like autism can be so hopeless, like so hopeless. And I think what was hard is I thought once we got diagnosed that then all these doors would open up for help with us. And it was just more like he has autism. It's never going to go away. And that was it. Like I heard somebody say it was easier for them when their kid had cancer because there's a plan, you know, than when they got diagnosed with autism because with autism, you're just like, sorry, your life is screwed. Have fun with that. You know, like there's no insight. Yeah. And we didn't have a, you know, we, we tried forever trying to get on Medicaid. That was the biggest night that took seven years to get him (gasps) on a waiver here in Colorado. Oh my goodness. We were on a, a two year waiting list to be with ABA therapy, which we finally got. And it was great but the company was horrible. So now we're on a new waiting list. Oh my um, God. And, you know, it just, it just feels like there's no, like even diapers, I have spent years trying to get diapers. And they actually just, free diapers, right? They yeah. just came to my door last week and I cried. Like I was just like, this is amazing. Like I have worked so hard for these diapers. Gosh. Okay, people don't even realize how much work 
is in all of that. Like how yeah. much, and it's like, oh, you just make a phone call, but it's like, but it all adds up. You make a phone call yeah. you're on the phone for 45 minutes, trying to get to the right person oh, yeah. just to leave a message. And then they call you back and you missed it. So you get to do it again. Yeah. And then all like, you need to send this paper in. Oh, you send it to the wrong place. You need to go to this place. Oh, you, that's the wrong number you called, even though you've been waiting for 45 minutes, you need to call this mm-hmm. number. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it's one it's phone call, but it all takes so much out of you and so much work to do and doing the ABA you yeah. the intake you did probably so much intake for that first ABA place and then you're like yeah. crap we don't like this place this place is not good we gotta start over which by the way Megan, our ABA place that I love and has different branches all over the country opened one in Aurora recently okay so, I think Kathy sent me that information yes I, I need like, to take that okay. so that's also something because we'll think like every once in a while like oh if we ever moved like to be near family and I'm like but yeah what are the autism resources they have to be okay and then when they mm-hmm. open that branch I was like okay that's a little bit toward a step okay. in the right direction it's a step in the right direction yeah. but I don't want you leaving so yeah. never mind no well so far California is really because we we had a different experience with autism where they immediately gave us all of the resources he's been taking care of since he turned two he's had all the therapies wow. everything's been paid for I mean, not wow. to rub it in, but it was <laughs> California Ow. takes care of you. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. Yeah. You want me to punch yeah. her for you? Yeah. I can. I'm right across yeah. the, the, the table for you. Like salt in a wound right now. That's fine, Holly. <laughs> well, you know, it was really funny, too, because we, I feel like all of this has escalated. And we, um, Nate was playing with a band that was, they were going to do a show for uh, a group down south from here. And it was all special needs. And so, you know, we decided, I had my mom come watch Simeon, and I decided to take Malachi and Zadik down. And at this point, Malachi, he loves music. And so I was like, I think we can get him there. He can have a, you know, be okay. And um, it ended up raining. And so most of it got canceled. And when we were there, we ran into an old pastor that Nate had known from when he was in the band. And they were people that had, you know, as we were going through these struggles, we had talked about who could we talk to? And they were one of the couples that we had talked about, like, you know, we could meet with them. And so, you know, we just said, Hey, can we just talk to you guys? Like, you know, everything kind of got canceled. We're like, can we just sit down and, and talk with you guys? And it was so funny because we just poured out our heart of how we felt like our life was ruined. Like, I mean, even holidays, like we can't go anywhere. Yeah. And it was so funny because we had Mally and for whatever reason, he was a perfect angel. Like he just sat there and he just ate a snack <laughs> and make a peep. And I'm like, just like so mad, like this child has ruined my life. And he's just sitting there as cute as can be in his little crackers. And they're like, oh, I can tell. Like, you wow, know, but, dramatic um, much, Megan? Jeez. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it, it was, I think one of the first times that we were able just to be real with how we felt. And we realized that we both were hurt in different ways. And, and, you know, I realized that I was hurt and Nate was hurt, but if I would come to him and tell him my frustrations with Malachi, it would just fuel his frustration, you know? And so yeah. at that point, then it wasn't, he wasn't like a safe person to talk to but then same thing too, if he would share, you know, oh, I got so mad at him because of this, or this is going on, then it would get me mad. And so then we were just mad, you know, and it was like, this is just yeah. making us more mad. And, um, you know, that really started a healing journey for us. I feel like once again, um, you know, we're, we are able to start meeting with people, able to really seek the Lord. And um, I'm just so thankful because so much has changed since then. And I think, you know, it's easy to get caught up in all this and, and just be like, Lord, you broke my heart for this boy. You know, I went over there when I was so pregnant and now he's ruining my life. And like, what was that all about? You know? 
but I feel like over the years, the Lord has just shown me, um, John 10, 10 is just a huge verse for us that the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give life and life to the full. And I think when I can step back and realize that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it is not against Mally. Mally did not come into our world to totally destroy it. So we couldn't enjoy Christmas and camping and all those things. You know, it's like, we have a real enemy who has come and robbed Malachi's life. And even though Malachi, I feel like was like a prisoner in his orphanage, he's still a prisoner here in his mind. Like he's not able to engage and he's not able to, you know, do things that we desire for him to do. And even just recently, um, I was reading this post from a mom who had just lost her, her little baby girl who's two. Um, and we are, we have a little girl too. So we had our fourth kid almost two years ago. Who's a little girl. Her name is Shiloh. She is the best saint ever. She just makes us want to have more kids because she's so sweet that surely there's more sweet kids out there. <laughs> the people but, who um, didn't even want to anyway. have kids have four thinking about exactly. more. <laughs> exactly. Oh so, wait, wait, the, the are you really, are you really thinking right. about more? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be, I, for the first time ever, I'd be content. Like, I feel like a, before we had Shiloh, I still needed more. And I don't know if it's now that we have our girl. But I would totally be content with four, but I still think there's another one out there. I don't know. We'll see. I'm like tapped out. I practice. (laughs) No, I will not have any more children. No, I will not take any more children. Don't say that. Don't say no. Oh, I say it. I say it all the time. I practice. Our FASD specialist has me practice before I leave the office. She's like, okay, when they call you and say that she's pregnant, what are you going to say? I'm like, no. More powerful. I'm like, no. Anyway, um, okay. okay, so you have okay. Shiloh, so who's I two. Was, yes, so I was reading this this post of this mom who had just lost her two-year-old girl. She had just died um, before Christmas. It was like a, a really sudden death. They don't even know, you know, why. And it was this, oh, it just, I think because my daughter's the same age, I was able to put myself in her shoes, and I'm just like totally like weeping reading the story. And at the end, she just said, this is a victory story. And I just was like, like bawling, like how can a woman lose her daughter and still say this is a victory story? And it just, it hit me like if she's able to say that in the midst of death, then how much more can I claim victory over Malachi's story? And two years ago, I put, I put verses on my cabinet because I'm always in the kitchen. I'm always cooking something and I just need that reminder. And I've had Romans 8, 35 through 37 on my, my cabinet for years. It's like faded and whatever. But, um, you know, it says, like, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have troubles? And they go on to list all these things, you know. But despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. And as I was reading the story of this mom, I feel like that verse just came alive to me. That, and it, it just switched everything to where I'm like, you know what? This story does not look the way I would have wrote it. You know, we are supposed to adopt this boy. It's supposed to be beautiful. We are supposed to go around and tell everybody how they're supposed to adopt and also have this precious little angel in their house, you know, and this is far, we're living a far different story than what, you know, I would have ever imagined. But I just realized that, no, because of who God is, he's, this is not the end of the story. And Malachi's story is a victory story because it's beautiful. And I just, I feel like I've gotten into this place now where I'm able to flip things like, you know, this in even Malachi's behavior, like even changing his diaper, he's still in a diaper and, and he's there eight, nine team. or nine. He's eight. So nine. He's, he's 11. He's, he's 11, 11 now. What size yes. diapers do you use? Do you get the free, like, oh, you got to figure that out. 
Sorry. I just got those free ones last week, so they just came in. Um, I don't. Even, they sent me a few different ones. We we like to use the good night ones. We and we're he's really using skinny. Good nights. He's a, yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's oh, in those. See, mine's but, um, like a seven T pants, and he's about to pee out of all of the nighttime oh. diapers, and I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. So I think at this point, then you have to go to the medical community because they have, you know, because. Sam's doesn't carry anything bigger that I could find. Um, Exactly. But, you know, even changing his diaper, that, that became such a struggle for so long. And at one day it just clicked. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to worship. Like I'm going to worship. And I tell you what, that has changed everything. And it's almost like a joke with my husband and I of like, oh, Mally poops. Who needs a worship set? You know, like who needs to like (laughs) go worship the Lord? Because all of a sudden that anger I was feeling when I was having to clean up all this stuff, it's totally gone. And I, I just realized like, that is my tool. My, my tool is, is worship. Um, even my son's addict, he's like, mom, why do you sing all the time? And I told him, I was like, see that, that's my weapon. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. That's not weird. No, that's cool. Mom. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> but I just, you know, I just started realizing like, who is Malachi that, he has had this much, like, you know, from his very first breath of life that his parents rejected him, that his whole country rejected him and like hit him away. Um, you know, even him coming to us as much as we wanted to love him, we have made this a very traumatic moment for him and our frustrations, you know, like, or I said moment, but a, a traumatic time for him because we were at a loss of what to do and we have not been able to give him the life that we had hoped. You know, we've just been ticked and frustrated and trying to figure this out this whole time. But when I can step back and realize, no, but there is a war for this kid. And go back to that original dream I had about Allie. It's like, who is he going to be in heaven? Like, he's going to be the most amazing person because there's so much attack on his life. And I'm going to be so blessed to be like, that is my kid, you know? And so I really just try to start flipping these things. And even just, we we really like hold on to that. Um, Oh, it's in Romans there's so many good things in Romans, but that Mm -hmm. the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And, you know, it's like, we're just constantly, even in his behaviors that are really frustrating to not let that engage me and trigger me, but just to realize, Mally, you're amazing. Like you're going to be so awesome for all of eternity that, you know, this is going to be great. And even as great as I was really dwelling in this like this is a victory story um a friend of ours was at his um in-laws house and they had their neighbors come over and their little girl they had brought over a little girl and she has down syndrome and she's like eight years old and he spent the whole evening with her and he said at the end of it he was so heartbroken realizing what has been like what autism has taken away from malachi because you know he knows malachi um but it's like he'd never what Malachi could be if he didn't have the autism and I think it, it kind of put in words of like I see these places where the enemy has robbed Malachi and even you know you're talking about Patty about your your daughters how you feel bad like this is taken away from them and I was really thinking that for my son's addict because you know they're buds from very I mean like you would any brother but they were supposed to have such a special bond and yet that's been taken from them. I mean, Malachi will engage a little bit, but not to the point, you know, of what they're supposed to. And I was just, I was been telling my, my son's addict that Z in heaven, God's going to have special adventures just for you and Malachi that, because you were supposed to have those here, but that was taken from you, you know, and the Lord, wow. like, I'm realizing the Lord's not just going to let that go. and like, Oh, sorry, that was hard for you. You know, it's like, no, these things, 
grieve the Lord's heart. And he wants to, you know, give us, you know, and Isaiah talks about that you're going to have, instead of shame, you're going to receive a double portion or instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance and that I will give you a double portion of the land. Like the Lord is going to pay us back double for all these things that the enemy, where the enemy came in and totally robbed us, you know, and it goes on to say like, for I, the Lord love justice and I hate robbers and I hate wrongdoers, wrongdoers and I am faithful and I will reward my people. And I just, I feel like these challenges with Malachi has forced us to look towards heaven, to look towards a greater purpose um, and just to call out what the enemy's doing and just, you know, press on that this is a different story than we thought we'd be living, but it's for a reason. I mean, there were so many kids out there. We could have ended up with so many, you know, there's so many, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Like so many ways that we almost did not get Malachi, but we have him. And I just know he is the one that we're supposed to have. And I have to trust the Lord in this journey, um, even though it's been really hard and there's definitely been seasons that I hate it. And, but when I can take a step back and, and see that of more what the enemy has robbed Malachi of, then I have such a heart of compassion for him, you know, and I just want to just love up on him um, and all that he's gone through. So, yeah. I remember Cassie telling me there was a time where so you guys live around tons of family, right? Yeah. Um and yeah. but you know everybody's got their own kids that their you know grandparents have jobs and everything and you guys get together a lot in big family groups and uh but I remember Cassie saying you guys had to have a talk with the family and say, "Look, we can't come to these big family gatherings unless someone helps us." Yeah. Malachi. So then everybody sort of signed up, I guess, for like their time with Malachi. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was so proud of you guys for coming forward and saying that, like, look, cause, and people don't realize it. They're thinking like, oh yeah, like they come and, and Malachi's playing and everybody's, mm-hmm. but they don't realize like, yeah, but Megan's not getting to rest. This is insanely stressful. Yeah. Like mom yeah. having to be with the kid. She's not getting to talk to other adults. Um, yeah. you know, and I think all three of us <laughs> deal with that when we go out. And, um, so, so nice to have people like volunteer to give you that time so you can actually go out and be with family and talk. To yeah. Them. Well, and that was all Cassie. She was the one that signed that. She was like, I have a list. We're going to have people. <laughs> but, you know, it was so, it was so funny though, because that was actually such an awkward, probably, probably like our, our lowest moment is um, we were all at Easter together and Nate was with Malachi and Malachi gets obsessed with whatever. It's always something new. But at that time it was, the uh the refrigerator that has the ice cube maker oh, you know yeah and so and it's to the point where he's breaking it and uh, so you know Nate had a moment with Mally Mally you know flipped out Nate took him to the car and again this was like at our lowest moment so I go out to the car and then it just turns into this huge fight so here we are you know Easter with all of our family and Nate and I are just at it in the driveway you know Mally's in the car and we're a mess and it's dessert time so like I remember my mom kept coming up being like there's chocolate cake if anybody wants chocolate cake (laughs) and we're just like a mess like no I don't want chocolate cake and I it was at that time you know it was so humbling for us because at this point I don't know how much people were aware um but we were just at the end end of our rope and just at a loss of what to do with this kid how to even handle him 
Um, and so, you know, it just turned into this, like, forget the chocolate cake, let's just go home. But we still had to go in and say bye and grab all our stuff. And other and kids. We, and your other kids. <laughs> yeah, our other kids. Who knows where he was? He was, like, stuffing <laughs> his face with jelly beans or I don't know what. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, we were just a mess. And um, I think that's when people started to realize, like, okay, <laughs> there's some things going on. And, you know, it was shortly after that that I started making all these phone calls, like, all the different services we have here I remember even one I was like all upset I was like and I'm leaving this message and I'm like I just need help like somebody help me you know somebody call me back I don't even know what it's for I just was calling whoever whoever would help so yeah it's it's really hard I mean I I think that's the thing that we've seen with autism is it really isolates you it really divides the family because now you know, it's hard to take Malachi places. So we've just gotten in the routine of Nate takes the kids and I stay home with Malachi. And that's, you know, now and again, we'll mix it up, but that's kind of just been our norm. And we are finally to the place of getting a respite. And it was funny because they were asking me like, well, what do you need? And I just, like the question took me off guard because I realized, well, for like the past six years, we haven't done anything. Like I just stay home. And I haven't even been thinking, oh, what, what could I go do? Because I'm just so used to no, we just stay home and we miss out on these things. So I just was kind of like, I was like, I don't know how to answer that. I don't even know what I need yet. So you were like Malachi you know. in the orphanage. You're like, wait, I get to go outside for the first exactly, time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, we're slowly getting those things in place, but it's really hard. I mean, even church, we don't go to mm-hmm. church anymore because mm-hmm. it's, it's been, you know, it's hard finding a church that could mm-hmm. be a one-on-one with him or even try a new church. We tried a new church and they lost him. Oh my I mean, he he moved on to like two other classrooms, but I was like, no, 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 wait, like you can't, you cannot lose, you know, track of him. You have to watch him at all time. And so, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to go, you know, we go to church on YouTube now just because we just had a hard time. Um, we were doing a home church and that, that was good. It works if we come here, but I don't, you know, take Malachi to somebody else's house. It's really hard. So it's just really time. isolating. Patty and I did a whole podcast about going to church with special needs kids. It's crazy how hard that is. Well, and it's funny because I had a play date with a Zandy, not Zandy, what child I think of, Jackson's um, friend from school this week, this weekend, because we're forcing them to be friends. She does have Down syndrome, and I'm like, we need each other. So we're like, we're forcing the kids to be friends, and we're forcing the older kids to be friends because, like, y'all need each other because y'all can have – Oh, your brother and sister are crazy too? This is interesting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, but she even asked me, she goes, well, y'all can come to my house. And then she looked at me and was like, is it easier for you to come, for oh. us to come here? And I went, well, probably just as easy for you, you know, if I went there. Yes. And she was like, well, actually, there's not a lot of places that we can go. So it's kind of nice that we have a place that I don't have to worry. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you're welcome mm-hmm. to come here. Yeah. Because there is that thing, like, it's okay if Jackson breaks my stuff, but I don't want them breaking right. your stuff. And even the nicest right. person who's like, that's okay. Is it really? <laughs> or I would it? take, I take Dawson to somebody's house who has little kids who are younger than Dawson. And I think, oh, well, their house will be, you know, childproof. And they'll have candles out everywhere oh. and stuff. And I'm like, your kids don't touch this? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I, think for, I think the best thing that you said is that perspective. It's like. And don't get me wrong, I think there's moments where you are in that deep crazy and you're like, this sucks and yeah. it's all right to be there and it's validated. But it's also that moment mm-hmm. of changing your perspective of like, Jackson didn't ask for this. Like it wasn't, yeah. he yeah. didn't 
ask to have his brain be damaged. He didn't ask Mm -hmm. for any of this and lying in that trust of like, and this is God's story for him. And although I don't understand it, like it is what it is and it's going to be powerful and it's going to glorify God. So then we'll just kind of live through it. And you have story for your kid to get better and you want to push and do everything you can for them to get better. But you have to also have that perspective of if this is all there is, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I can be okay in this if this is what it is forever. Oh, yeah. I'm not there. <laughs> well, I'm just saying yeah. kind of what he was saying. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm saying the words. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting, though, because a mom, another mom that I met through, another special needs mom, we all stick together, um, yeah. was saying, oh, no, I'd much rather have a child with down syndrome. They're the easy ones. Mm-hmm. Out of all the special mm-hmm. needs kids, they're the easy ones. And mm-hmm. I was just looked at her and was like, what? And then I felt good. I was like, you're right. I got the hard one, baby. You know, <laughs> I'm doing this well. But it's interesting yeah. that you say that too, because autism is such like, depending on what, where you are in the spectrum really does rob them of some of these things. Like, I mean, that connection, we're created to be in community and to not be able to have that connection and not to be able to do like, uh, it's funny though, how we rank everything and, and compare ourselves even in like special needs. Well, that special need is worse than this special need, you know? Yeah. Or that kid with the same special need is worse or easier than this kid. Yeah. But we all feel alone in the end. Like I feel like they're all difficult. Even the the neurotypical ones. (laughs) Even the neurotypical ones. (laughs) Well, I'm proud of Cassie for stepping up and saying, no, we need to do this for them oh she's so great she's so great I love her because yeah so we're you know we're I think people are more aware and you know he he is doing better in certain ways I mean I feel like we always like get better on one area and then we're like worse on the other area uh, and that's yep, yep. probably gonna yes, be you sister. know our whole life mm-hmm. um where is he now like what is he doing now that our milestones that he's reaching that we can celebrate with you um, he didn't push his sister today. That was good. <laughs> no, let's see. So he, he's going to be going to middle school next year, which Whoa. is crazy, crazy. Um, which is also weird though, cause it's the same middle school my husband went to. And, um, some of the same teachers are still there. My lacrosse coach is still there and a girl we went to high school with, she's a nurse there. So it's just, it's just kind of funny, but, um, interesting. Yeah, but I can't believe he's already to that place. Um, but, you know, he, he, I feel like, is in a good routine right now. Um, he loves his music. He really loves a balloon with a string at the end of it. And we recently got a new car. He's been doing a lot better in the car. And I don't know if it's because it's just more smoother or, like, I don't know. I mean, we would seriously practice driving around, pulling over in the neighborhood for 30 seconds, you know, and, and that was waiting's really hard for him. That's like a huge mm-hmm. trigger for him. Um, so, you know, whatever it might be, like, you know, you want me to make you a quesadilla, but we got to wait a minute to heat it up in the microwave and that's mm-hmm. too long to wait. So even with um, ABA therapy, that was a practice target. So he'd be able to wait for five minutes without throwing a tantrum. So they started him at 10 seconds. And that was too much for him. So they had to bring it down to two seconds. So he could go two seconds of waiting before throwing a tantrum. Um, so we did get him up to 30. And that's they were done in, in uh, just in the fall. But, I mean, he's done a lot better. I mean, wait, I wait. Your like ABA is done now? Yeah. We're, she's on a waiting we, list for some, somewhere else. We oh, didn't. The right. company was not. 
we had issues with the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dawson so, just started the car red lights thing, and it's driving oh, me crazy. Oh. Jackson does it, so, but he doesn't get a tantrum. He just kind of. Because Mama so go started, and I just go. I can't. I have to wait till the car in front of me goes. Yeah, yeah. And then the minute the car in front of me Lee starts going, he's like, "Mommy can go." I'm like, "Well, thank you for telling me." We do that. He <laughs> goes, "Why aren't you going?" I'm like, "Well, why do you think there are cars? What would happen if I go now? You would hit the cars." I'm like, "So should I go?" <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that you can have that conversation. Yeah, I wish we. Uh, I, I, can. I wish we could. We uh, we have all these, Malachi is very visual, we learned. And so when we had ABA, they'd make us like these huge weight signs, like the PEC, you know, weight sign. Mm-hmm. And it's laminated. And I had her put it like a popsicle stick. And so me and all the kids in the car would have one. So when we got to a red light, we would all hold up our little mm-hmm. popsicle stick, little sign to say weight, you know. And so, it, and then he has like other little signs that say like quiet hands, quiet feet, quiet mouth. And we just had to like keep repeating that. So anyways. Mm-hmm. That's he's not very no. verbal then. Is he verbal? No, he's he's nonverbal. So he uses the pictures to communicate, and he does have an iPad that he uses at school. Um, we haven't really had good success with it here at the house. And if he gets mad, he throws it. So it's not what I go to. Um, I'm with you. I'm like, you want me to give yeah. him what that costs what? Like, come on, that doesn't seem wise. Like, are you thinking I about know. this? It's it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, so he's he's nonverbal which is really hard you know and that's honestly I think majority of his tantrums is he can't communicate um so you know using the pets and that was something that uh, more than anything from the ABA therapy that was what I needed to get trained in how to use this because I you know before I was like he'd bring me a picture of granola bar and I'd hand him a granola bar and then 10 minutes later he brings me the same picture and I'm like no and then he's mad and then I'm mad and then you know it's like we're ticked the rest of the day because he just wants granola bar. So I had to learn how to like, you know, give him other options, all this kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's totally nonverbal, um, which makes it really challenging. So, yeah. But I, I do feel like he's toned down. I mean, he has these waves where he's just extremely mad. And even at school right now, he, he's having a hard time, but here at the house, he's been really peaceful. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm really thankful that we have ways to communicate with him. Um, Is there so a he's getting there. issue with the younger kids? Yeah, like, I can mean. you leave him alone in the room? Can you go to the bathroom? <laughs> well, they're pretty good at defending themselves. So Zadik now is nine, Simeon's four, and then Shiloh is almost two. Um, you know, and Malachi really does like to push little kids. Um, in fact, our poor little niece, Rhea he would target her. I, and I think just because he gets a reaction out of her, you know, oh, she so will, she will give a reaction. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any little girl, like even at school, it's an issue of any smaller girl. He, oh. you know, he, he tends to target them. So when Simeon was a little baby, Mally would push him. And finally after a handful of times of that, Simeon started biting Malachi. So he stopped, oh, but Malachi just that's where started. you're like, good job. Good job. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's probably the only time that you're like, good. I'm glad you, you bit your brother. Um, but he just started pushing Shiloh. And Shiloh's little. She's really petite. And, you know, of course, it's this huge reaction. So that reinforces him. So, um, and the poor little thing, she goes flying across the room because he's so strong. So, yeah, I know. It is uh, it is something that, you know, the old, the other brothers, Zadik and Simeon, they are great protectors. And, 
if it is I'm stepping out of the room, you know, for a phone call or bathroom or whatever, they, they're just good. You know, it's just so normal to them. Um, you know, keeping an eye on her, like, okay, we got it, mom. That's what's and, you know, so Go ahead. Zadig is just so precious. He, uh, his, his heart is so compassionate. And I think just from having Malachi as a brother, um, but we were at a park, this, this was years ago, I think before we even had Simeon and, you know, we're at a park and kids always stare at Mar- Malachi. They're trying to figure him out, you know, what's going on with this kid. And Zadig just came running by and he, he could see this little girl staring at Malachi and he just goes, his name is Malachi. He's ours. <laughs> like, just cute little, like <laughs> so we always just say that he's ours. But um, yeah, I'm thankful for my other ones. That was one of the things I was processing through when we first got Jackson was like, how is this going to affect Lexi and Zandy? Like, and one of my friends who has a special needs sister who is medically fragile, like muscular dystrophy kind of stuff. Was like, you know, growing up, I resented it a lot more because we couldn't do tons of things. And he goes, but now, like, it's taught me so much compassion and it's taught me so much empathy. And it's taught me how to look at people for who they are in the inside, not the outside. And she's like, I'm a way better person because Leah's in my life, you know. Absolutely. So I I think about that, too. Like, it's hard now, but there's going to come a time when it'll come up in their life when they're like, oh, no. Jackson made me stronger, yeah. not yeah. just because he, you know, pushed me a whole lot, but because <laughs> exactly. I had to be emotionally strong. Like Zadok and Simeon are going to be on the playground and see a bigger kid, you know, trying to bully a littler kid and they're going to, their instincts are going to jump in. Oh yeah. Like, oh, we got yeah. this. This is what we do. <laughs> we <got this>. It <laughs> always amazes me it. the normal that we create for ourselves. Cause when mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. back and you're like, and you take a step back, this is probably why I shouldn't do this very often because I always get so sad, but it's like you step back and you realize, wow, our life is totally not normal. But mm-hmm. when you look, when you're in it, it's like it's totally normal that you have to have a, yeah. like you communicate with the child without speaking. Like you do all these, you know, wait signs for the stoplight and granola bar signs and all these things. Like the their brothers know exactly what to do to protect their sister and like all this stuff that yeah. you didn't even and like but it's my just your kids life. and your kids, they've never grown up without an older brother with special mm-hmm. needs. Like that's their, they don't know any other, any other way. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about that with someone brought it up to me. I think it was Kate because Ashley, who's another interview that we did, who has yeah. a older sister who, who has autism and now, now she's the caregiver. I was like, there was like no like resentment or burden in her voice or mm-hmm. like life or anything. And I was like, what? You kept and I trying to get her. I was trying. I was she like, was like, why are you not- a saint? <laughs> but it dawned on me. There was no other way of life for her. Like this has yeah. always been her life. For me, my life changed when I took on Jackson. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. a life that wasn't filled with all this stuff. Yeah. And in a weird way, that's like almost hurtful. But for them, it's like, no, everyone's all, you, you don't have an autism, a brother who has autism? Yeah. Like, what? Weird. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, like, it's just <laughs> life. You guys all eat together at the table for dinner? What? <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's totally. Weird, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. 
Well, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Megan. Well, I, well hold on. Yeah. Oh, did you have more? I'm sorry. I have two more questions oh, and okay, then we got to go. go sorry, you're right. I need to like do a, a little eye signal with you. to. Yeah, but whenever we do eye signals next to each other, we're always like, wait, who's talking? What's happening? Wait, huh? what? And you have to pee? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't ever work. Our eye signals are not in sync no. yet. <laughs> Anyways, is there anything that you would want to leave with with parents who have well, anything, like anything you want to like parting words, like the one thing that you wish you would have known prior or the one thing, the biggest lesson that you learned, or I, I just gave you like 50,000 examples and I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> okay. You're asking me a really big question here. Yeah. Um, I know, which could take another 20 minutes and we don't, okay. Anyway, the, okay. Well, you know, we, we say that a lot, like, um, well, we say this a lot, that would, that when we were standing outside the orphanage, if the Lord could have stopped us and like given us a glimpse of what life truly would be with Malachi, you know, would we still do it? No, we, we, we like to go there a lot. So we, we say this sound healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me your honest answer. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because for me, everything in me, I have to go get him. Like, even if I can see how I, if even I can see the ugliest parts, I can't leave him there. I just can't. I mean, we just realized you know, we had an opportunity to save a life. And if I was walking by a burning house and somebody was in it, I'm the type of person that I am in there. I'm going to go rescue that person. And I'm not thinking, oh, am I going to get burned? Or is this going to affect me the rest of my life? I'm just thinking I need to go get that person. And then we'll, we'll deal with the, the burns later. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that that's how it's been for us with Malachi. Um, we had an opportunity to save a life and it has been the hardest thing we've ever done. It has been so hard on our marriage at times. I didn't even think we're going to make it, you know, it's been so hard in every relationship. Um, But I know that Malachi is worth it. And I have to keep coming back to what the Lord showed me in that dream. And when I felt like he was reminding me of that dream and, and that is to not look at it here on this earth, to look at who Malachi is for all of eternity. Um, I know it's worth laying down my life for this boy. And so, um, so yes, we still take them, <laughs> even in all the the hard moments, um, even in all the ugly moments, even in all the poop. I mean, I, I could tell you so many poop stories that it's, <laughs> I've done a lot of worshiping, and I'll tell you that. Um, but you know, I I think our our situation was a little bit different because we chose it, and you know, there's parents obviously that you like you Holly like you, you get you birth a kid and then it's not at all what you thought it was going to be, you know. And I just think that we are all in that, in that same boat where, and I, you know, even, even with perfect kids, I feel like everybody could find somewhere in their life where they're just like, this is not how things are supposed to be. This oh, is yeah. not my life. This is not what I wanted. And well, even you, um, you chose a Down syndrome kid. You didn't choose <laughs> Down syndrome oh, kid with and you know autism. What? The thing, exactly. And I tell you what, some of our worst moments in the grocery store. So like even this summer, we went to Sam's with our ABA therapist. She's like, let's do it. Let's do an outing. I want to help you. I'm like, great. Oh my goodness. We get there. It's like the big, biggest disaster ever. And it ended up with Mally having a full on blowout, like screaming. He picked up a thing of grapes, like from Sam's, you know, that has like 20 pounds of grapes in it. And he chucks it across, you know, and in the midst of that, and this always happens when I take Mally to the store and he, he has a tantrum. I always turn around and there is a precious kid with Down syndrome, like just what I wanted. And I'm just like, no, you know, they're so sweet. And they're <laughs> smiling at me. And I'm like, ready. I'm like, so mad at Mally. And it's like every, every time that I've hit like the worst moment in the store, there's always, but I'm like, no, I wanted you. Why didn't I get you? So anyways, 
So we all have that of like, this is not right. But I think we have a choice to where we can be consumed by that. And totally, I mean, I feel like I've lived both where I have been totally depressed, totally hopeless, totally angry at the Lord, totally a jerk to my kids and my husband because I'm so mad at my situation. Or we can realize we have an enemy that's coming against us. And this is not, it's not that the Lord doesn't love us. He is good. He has a plan for us. And we can totally flip it and make it a victory story because in the end, this is going to be victory because of Jesus. And so I just feel like I've lived in both worlds and sometimes people might think I'm really naive, like, Oh, this is okay. But it's much better living on this side of it. of just trusting Lord. I know you're going to make this beautiful. Like I know you are because you said you would. And and he means what he says. And so I think it's just finding that hope in Jesus because otherwise it's really hopeless. Even if you have the Lord, it's really hopeless. But if we can really just, just realize this is not against our, our, um, war is not against flesh and blood. Like my struggle is not against Malachi. Um, it just it changes everything. So I have to explore that a lot more for my life. That's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So much for, or should I say the last question? I feel like we have. Yeah, say it. What do you want to ask me? Do you <laughs> fold or don't fold your underwear? Oh, you're gonna ask that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't have time for that. I do so yes! much laundry. No, nothing gets folded. It gets shoved in a in a. Oh, I like her method overflowing. even more. She doesn't fold anything. <laughs> I should try that for two weeks and see what happens. You know what? I think I will make my life a little bit easier. Save even more minutes you know, in my life. When you're when you're uh, you got six people you're doing laundry for. We're, we're not the most presentable family, so. <laughs> I like it. The most present the, the most presentable families are the ones you should be weary of. It's the there ones that are like, oh, you're like, like you me. You have time Let's to go. iron a shirt? What? what? No. Oh, no, I don't no, iron. No. I get downy wrinkle releaser. Oh, I'm my goodness. I'm trying to no. this to Patty. No, no. I'm on team Megan on this one. <laughs> you are who you are. Let's just live our life glorifying God and be gone. All right. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing who yes, you are and who your family you, is and everything. Um, we will have to have an update soon just to see mm, how absolutely. you are doing yeah. and whatnot. But thank you for sharing. Like, Yeah, thank you. I know, I know that was a lot, but I appreciate you guys just listening and um, just thank you. I'm thankful for this opportunity. So oh, it's thanks fun. Thanks for giving us your time, your you know, precious two hours away from your kids to us. I appreciate it. You're like, can we do it again next week? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. All right. Thank you, Megan. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. But your stop's coming up. You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this. 